After 13 years of being a slave and prisoner, God was moving in Joseph's life and lifting him up to new heights. God had been with Joseph all along, but now in a single day, Joseph went from being a prisoner to being the prime minister of Egypt at a time when it was the world-dominating empire. We pick it up in Genesis 41:42. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring off his hand and put it on Joseph's hand, and he clothed him in garments of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. When the signet ring was pressed down on a soft clay document and then hardened, it had the same authority as Pharaoh's own signature. It is amazing that Pharaoh is moved to so freely give this awesome authority to Joseph, a young man he barely knows. But Pharaoh also recognizes that Joseph has the Spirit of God in him. The king clothes Joseph in garments of fine linen for his new position as prime minister. Finally, Joseph is given a gold chain around his neck. Now, this is not like the gold chains guys wore in the 70s. This is a hefty chain of gold, clearly marking Joseph's rank and dignity for all to see. Pharaoh gives Joseph a complete Egyptian makeover. Verse 43, And he had him ride in the second chariot which he had, and they cried out before him, Bow the knee. So he set him over all the land of Egypt. Pharaoh also said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh, and without your consent, no man may lift his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. Today, this would be like the vice president flying in Air Force Two. Everywhere Joseph went riding in his chariot, people would know that he was second only to Pharaoh. And just in case they missed it, Pharaoh's servants would cry out before him, bow the knee. Again, we see a picture of Christ in this. For when the world sees him exalted at his second coming, then every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Pharaoh, having absolute authority, gave this same authority to Joseph so that no man could lift his hand or foot in all Egypt without his consent. Even so, the father has committed all judgment to his son. Verse 45, And Pharaoh called Joseph's name zaphnath Paaniah, and he gave him as a wife Asenath, the daughter of Potipharah, priest of On. So Joseph went out over all the land of Egypt. Pharaoh gave Joseph a new name, zaphnath Paaniah. Scholars are uncertain of its meaning. Some say it means revealer of secrets. Others say it means God speaks and lives. Either way, it speaks of how impressed Pharaoh was with Joseph and the God that he served. And Pharaoh gave Joseph an Egyptian wife. Asenath was the daughter of Potiphera, who was the priest of On, which is also known by the Greek name Heliopolis, which means sun city. It was the center of worship of the sun god Re. As the priest of On, Asenath's father presided over the temple city and officiated at the major festivals. Asenath's name means belonging to the goddess Neith. Clearly, she was steeped in pagan idolatry. Yet even in this marriage, we see a picture of Christ, who has been given a Gentile bride. Joseph receives new clothing, a new position, and a new bride. In this meteoric rise to the top, all things are new. 
This is truly a rags-to-riches story. But with all this sudden worldly success, will Joseph be able to hold on to his identity as a Hebrew? The most dangerous time in the life of a believer is not when he is poor, but when he prospers. Verse 46, Joseph was 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and went throughout all the land of Egypt. And in the seven plentiful years, the ground brought forth abundantly. So he gathered up all the food of the seven years which were in the land of Egypt and laid up the food in the cities and laid up in every city the food of the fields which surrounded them. Joseph gathered very much grain as the sand of the sea until he stopped counting, for it was immeasurable. During the seven years of plenty, Joseph executed the new food program that he proposed to Pharaoh. Traveling throughout all of Egypt, he gathered 20% of the crop and laid it up into great storehouses in all the cities where it would be readily available for distribution during the coming years of famine. And to Joseph were born two sons before the years of famine came, whom Asenath, the daughter of Potiphera, priest of On, bore to him. Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh. For God has made me forget all my toil and all my father's house. And the name of the second he called Ephraim. For God has caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. Children bring great joy into a family. These domestic distractions keep us from taking ourselves too seriously. As the saying goes, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. Certainly, children make us playful. Having two sons had another effect upon Joseph. It helped him to forget the 13 years as a slave and prisoner when he was so homesick. He named his firstborn Manasseh, which means forgetfulness. For God made him forget his toil as a slave and his longing for his father's house. His second son he named Ephraim, which means fruitfulness. For God caused him to be fruitful in Egypt. Keep in mind that Joseph is shaven like an Egyptian, dressed like an Egyptian, drives a chariot like an Egyptian. I wonder, does he walk like an Egyptian? He is given an Egyptian name and is married to an Egyptian wife. And let's not forget that he is the prime minister of Egypt and now steeped in Egyptian culture. It would be easy for Joseph to lose his identity as a Hebrew. And in this idolatrous country, it would be easy for him to forget the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But he gives his sons Hebrew names, a constant reminder of his Hebrew heritage. Joseph was forgetting the bad things he had been through. He was putting out of his mind the evil his brothers had done to him when they rejected him and sold him as a slave. He wasn't letting a root of bitterness poison him and rob him of his joy and peace. There are times when we must choose to forgive and forget. One of the most painful experiences we have ever endured was a church split several years ago. Many of our good friends left us, spoke evil of us, and would have nothing to do with us. But God never left us, and God gave us the grace to let it go, to forgive, and to forget. We must all learn to do that. Otherwise, we will go through life bitter and missing out on the good things God has for us. Later, Joseph would say to his brothers, you meant this for evil, but God used it for good. That is the attitude we must have toward those who have wronged us. For the truth is, 
that we have also wronged others, and we want them to forgive us. There is a blessedness in forgetfulness, and it paves the way for fruitfulness. However, Joseph did not forget Yahweh, who had always been with him and was now exalting him to this high position. And this is the secret of Joseph's success. For many who attain worldly success soon forget God. Many people trust God in hardship, but there are few who remain faithful when they are successful and on top of the world. So here's the order. We must learn to be forgetful so that we can then be fruitful, but we must always be thankful. Verse 53. Then the seven years of plenty, which were in the land of Egypt, ended. And the seven years of famine began to come, as Joseph had said. The famine was in all lands, but in all the land of Egypt there was bread. So when all of the land of Egypt was famished, the people cried to Pharaoh for bread. Then Pharaoh said to all the Egyptians, Go to Joseph, whatever he says to you do. The famine was all over the face of the earth, and Joseph opened all the storehouses and sold to the Egyptians. And the famine became severe in the land of Egypt. So all the countries came to Joseph in Egypt to buy grain because the famine was severe in all lands. This was another confirmation that Joseph's interpretation of Pharaoh's dream was correct. Everything was happening just as Joseph predicted. The seven years of plenty had ended and the seven years of famine began. Now it was time to open the storehouses. Joseph wisely balanced making a profit for Pharaoh with providing food for the people at a price they could afford. Remember, Joseph was a shepherd, so he knew how to feed the sheep. Because of the adroit plan God had given Joseph, there was adequate food not only for the Egyptians, but also for the foreign countries who came to Egypt to buy grain. For the famine was severe everywhere. Of course, God would use these circumstances to gather all the children of Israel into Egypt, but we'll have to wait for the rest of that story. There were so many new and wonderful things in Joseph's life that caused him to forget his former pain and his old life. Likewise, when we come to faith in Jesus Christ, we are a new creation. The old things pass away and all things become new. God causes us to forget our former life of sin, pain, and regret. And he forgives us of our past life and frees us to press forward into our new life. Where we once were a failure, he now makes us fruitful. Where once we were held captive by the flesh, the world, and the devil, now we know that truth that sets us free. We serve God in the new and living way of the Spirit. Does that mean we no longer have any trials? Of course not. But it does mean that we have an inner power that helps us overcome. It means that we can count up pure joy when we encounter various trials because we know that the testing of our faith is producing perseverance and character in us. God uses these trials to strengthen our faith and make us more like Jesus. God has lifted us up out of the dark dungeon of despair and set our feet on high places. He has taken us from spiritual bankruptcy to spiritual prosperity. And we ain't seen nothing yet. Because the Apostle John tells us in 1 John 3, 2, Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. 
But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. So what do we do with all this great stuff? John tells us in the next verse, And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. Don't be surprised as you give your life to Christ and follow his principles that God blesses you and prospers you spiritually and materially. He may lift you up. These things come as the natural result of doing things God's way. But when you prosper and are promoted, remember who has been with you all along. As you forget your former life, don't forget your God. Don't take the years of plenty for granted. There may be years of famine just ahead. Rather, be thankful and learn the secret of contentment in all seasons and all situations of life. The one who calls you will be with you, and his grace is always sufficient.